0: You're listening to Comedy Central. December 10, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition.
1: Tonight, a part of a powerful new movie about the death penalty in America. Elfrey Woodard and Aldous Hodge are joining us, everybody. It's gonna be a really, really amazing show. <laughs> Fantastic movie, getting great reviews. Also on tonight's episode, Louis Black plays Santa Claus, Jesus goes digital, and Donald Trump might need to update his LinkedIn. So let's catch up <laughs> on today's headlines. kick it off with some international news. Coming out of Finland, it's the country that's usually known for lakes, snow, and not being Norway. But now (laughs) they've got a pretty cool claim to fame.
0: Britain's Guardian says a 34 year old Sana Marine of Finland will become the world's youngest sitting prime minister. Yesterday, Finland's ruling Social Democratic Party voted to name Marine the next prime minister. She's the country's transport minister and the party's vice chairwoman. She's been a lawmaker
1: since 2015. Yes, Finland now has the youngest leader in the world a 34 year old woman named Sana Marine. And you know what's even more impressive? Look at the other leaders of Finland's coalition government. Huh, look at that. Five women, (laughs) killing the game. In fact, I'm starting to think Finland is secretly that island from Wonder Woman, that's all this is. (laughs) Also, you do realize that's an entire government that Mike Pence can't be in a room with, right? (laughs) Even more impressive to me is that four of them are under the age of 35, which is wild. Because in America, you can't even be president until you turn 35. Yeah, and if you're in the government, you can just keep running until you're a 1,000. I don't understand (laughs) why there's no old age limits. Yeah, because think about it. You have congressmen who can't stay awake. You have a senator who took off glasses he wasn't even wearing. (laughs) And like, we don't even know how old Mitch McConnell is. You'd have to count the flaps of his neck like the rings of a tree. We don't even know. You know what would be funny when you think about it? It's like, can you imagine if that group of leaders from Finland met with the U.S. leaders? It's gonna look like they're visiting their parents in an old-age home. <laughs> it is like, we want to talk to you about trade. And it's like, and we wanna to talk to you about fixing our VCR. <laughs> and don't put us in one of those ticky talks That happened to Gladys, and now she's viral. <laughs> All right, moving on to the world of travel. If you've ever felt guilty for taking something from a hotel room, don't stress, because it turns out they've seen a lot worse.
0: Well, ceiling towels is one thing, but mattresses? That's on a whole different level. A survey by Wellness Haven reveals that luxury hotels are dealing with a spike in mattress thieves, noting that five-star hotels are more likely to see larger items go missing than smaller ones. The quality of the hotel determines the variety of items stolen. The higher the rating, the bigger the heist. Five-star hotels are more likely to have mattresses, TVs, and coffee machines stolen, where four-star hotels lose batteries and remotes. Even more surprising, nicer hotels are less likely to report the theft in fear of being connected to a crime.
1: I'm sorry, hold up. Did they say people are stealing mattresses? (laughs) Who steals a mattress from a hotel? In fact, more importantly, how do you steal a mattress (laughs) from a hotel? What, do you disguise it, then just walk up to the front desk like, hi, my wife and I would like to check out? (laughs) Honey, why don't you go wait in the car? Also, why would you want to steal a mattress from a hotel? It's the filthiest thing in the room. What are you just like, it's not that I can't afford a mattress, I just prefer one with the built-in semen stains. (laughs) All right, and finally, have you heard the good news about Jesus? Yeah? Now, have you heard the bad news about Jesus? this might actually be the holy grail of new video games. It's called I Am Jesus Christ, and it lets gamers play Jesus to heal a blind man, make fish appear in a bucket, and end a thunderstorm. The New Testament-inspired game has not been released yet, but it is expected to launch soon. Okay, this, this is extremely offensive especially for me, someone who has already accepted Super Mario as my video game savior. I mean, and I say unto you, it's-a me. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't wanna play a video game about Jesus. However, I do want to play as Jesus in other video games. Think about it. Yeah, when Jesus was alive, he rolled with sinners and prostitutes, so he'd kick ass in Grand Theft Auto. He'd be amazing. Or even better, I'd want Jesus to be in Madden as a quarterback, be like, what's the play, Jesus? Hail Mary, same as every play. Or, oh! <laughs> I'd want to play Jesus in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, just ripping out dudes' spines then immediately healing them. Resurrect him. <laughs> so look, I, I don't know about this video game, but if you are gonna play it and you do get stuck, at least we all know the cheat code. It's gonna be up, down, up, down, left, right, AB, start. <laughs> that's it. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. <laughs> Impeachment today was another major milestone in the push to impeach President Trump. So let's catch up on the latest in our ongoing segment, The Magical Wonderful Road to (laughs) Impeachments. It's
0: probably presidential harassment.
1: For months now, Democrats have been inching closer to bringing articles of impeachment against President Trump. And today, they finally made it official. This
0: is CNN Breaking News.
2: In historic day on Capitol Hill, the House announcing articles of impeachment against the sitting U.S. President Donald Trump.
0: A president who declares himself above accountability, above the American people, and above Congress's power of impeachment, which is meant to protect against threats to our democratic institutions, is a president who sees himself as above
1: the law. We must be clear, no one, not even the president is above the law. That's right, the Democrats have officially announced articles of impeachment to show that other than Steven Seagal, no one is above the law. (laughs) And I know this sounds weird, but I'm actually proud of Donald Trump. Yeah, because he's getting impeached, but I didn't think he would make it three years. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Like, Trump getting this far into his presidency without being impeached is a lot like when a dog accidentally drives a car into a tree. Yeah, the dog crashed, but he made it like eight blocks. That's impressive. (laughs) I don't even know how he put it into drive. He barely knows letters. (laughs) Now, there was a big debate within the Democratic Party about how many articles of impeachment to bring against Donald Trump. But in the end, they decided to strike with surgical precision.
3: President Trump now facing two charges as the top Democrats of the key committees stood together to announce it all this morning. Abuse of power, and obstruction of Congress. Democrats have decided to narrow the
0: scope of impeachment to the two articles of impeachment that they believe are the easiest to prove and backed up by the most evidence. Because we are
2: operating in a universe where Republicans are challenging some of the most basic facts. Democrats wanna make this case as airtight as possible.
1: Yes, only two articles of impeachment, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, which means the Democrats are showing a lot of restraint because I mean, let's be honest, Trump has done enough crazy shit to merit 2,000 articles of impeachment. Yeah, there was obstruction of justice from the Mueller report, using the presidency to enrich his businesses, the porn star payoffs, flag molestation, the time he looked directly into an eclipse, and of course, having Don Jr. I mean, that's impeachment on its own. So. So. The good news for Trump is that he's only facing two charges. Although, in a way, that's also kind of sad for him because Nixon had three articles brought against him, Bill Clinton had four, and Andrew Johnson had 11, which means Trump will have the smallest impeachment of all time. (laughs) You know that's gonna make him insecure. He's gonna be like, it's not about the size of impeachment, it's about the friction of the conviction. (laughs) And And these impeachment articles could not have come at a worse time for Trump. Because remember how the president's been saying that the whole Russia investigation was a biased conspiracy against him. Well, he demanded that the Justice Department look into the Russia investigation,
3: and guess what they found? Tonight, the Inspector General's report finally out, into the origins of the Russia investigation, and the report finding no anti-Trump bias. The
0: Justice Department's Inspector General revealing there was no evidence of a witch hunt determining the FBI had enough evidence to justify the probe at the height of the election. But the inspector general says FBI officials made serious errors and omissions in applying for surveillance warrants to monitor the communications of a Trump campaign
3: associate, Carter Page. Despite Trump's mocking of FBI agents he says were
0: using the Russia probe to defeat him, the report found an agent who messaged another after Trump won the White House that he was so elated with the election it was like watching a Super Bowl comeback.
1: Yeah, not great for Donald Trump. The report did find misconduct by some FBI agents, but overall it said that the Russia investigation was justified and there was no anti-Trump bias. So for Trump... This is weird, because it was a little bit of what he wanted, but a lot of what he definitely didn't want. It's almost like he opened his presents on Christmas morning and he got the VR headset he was hoping for, but it only plays videos of his grandparents having sex. (laughs) Yeah, that's disappointing. It's also weird that they make that game in the first place. I mean, still more fun than the Jesus game, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Now, surprisingly, Trump has been taking the bad news better than you'd expect. But maybe that's not because he's taking it at all.
0: The IG report just came out, and I was just briefed on it. It is uh, incredible, far worse than I would have ever thought possible. This was an overthrow of government. This was an attempted overthrow, and a lot of people were in on it, and they got caught. They got caught red-handed.
1: Trump is a legend, man. (laughs) The report came out, and he's just blindly plowing ahead. Like, the report says what he wanted it to say. Yeah, because that's not what it said. And he's just like, no, it is, it is what it said. Yeah, he's like those people who get dumped and are totally in denial about it. Donald, you're great, but this isn't working. Okay, feel better, I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) No, no, you don't understand, it's over, Donald. Love you too, babe. (laughs) And look, we all know Trump didn't read the actual report. I mean, his advisors can't get him to read reports. They probably just gave him some of the bullet points on a Denny's placemat. (laughs) But even if he did read it, Even if he did read it, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, because Trump always creates his own reality, no matter what the facts say. So even if he does get impeached and somehow gets removed from office, there's a good chance Trump will just ignore it and keep being president. They'll walk in like, Mr. President, the votes are in, and I'm sorry, you have to leave the White House. It's over. He'll be like, all right, love you too, babe. See you tomorrow. We'll be right back. falls through the cracks. Louis Black catches it for a segment we call Back in Black.
0: It's just a couple of more weeks until Christmas when Christians celebrate the birth of Santa. (laughs) Meanwhile, us Jews are celebrating a real miracle, some lamp oil that lasted longer than we thought. Because if there's one thing we Jews love, it's a bargain. (laughs) But for some reason, Christians are now trying to include us in their holiday season. And it's not making any sense.
3: Hallmark Christmas movies have been a staple for the channel for years. Now they're debuting two Hallmark Hanukkah movies.
1: As the Washington Post reports, there's just one problem. Neither movie is a Hanukkah movie. they are Christmas movies with Jewish characters.
2: Joel. Brooke.
1: In Holiday Date, a woman hires a Jewish actor to pose as her boyfriend and join her at her family's house for Christmas, but the family grows suspicious about whether he knows how to celebrate.
0: Oh, you're not sure if Jews know how to celebrate Christmas? You mean that holiday that gets jammed down our throat every year? The second Halloween ends, I can't even buy a cup of coffee that doesn't look like it fell out of Santa's ass. Trust me, Jews know how Christmas works. It's not like we're going to walk into your Christmas party and say, oh, my God, it's a tree. <laughs> Indoors, call a lumberjack. I don't want a holiday movie where a Jewish person learns about Christmas. I want a movie where a Christian has to learn about Hanukkah. On <laughs> night one, we get socks. A night two, a notebook. And night three, a pen and pencil set. It's a back to school holiday. <laughs> but if you thought a fake Hanukkah movie was tone death, put this in your stocking and stuff it.
3: Online retail giant Amazon just pulled several controversial Christmas items from its website. The items, including Christmas ornaments, bottle openers, and mouse pads, depict the Auschwitz concentration camp. Amazon says all of the products in question have been removed, adding that all sellers must follow our selling guidelines.
0: An Auschwitz Christmas ornament? Look, I know we say to never forget. But when you're decorating a tree, you can take the night off. This is crazy. Christmas has nothing to do with the Holocaust. Santa's list and Schindler's list are very different lists. But but if you have to think of the Jews at Christmas, why not get them a little something to show you care? Like this guy.
3: Last week, we told you about a controversial auction of Nazi memorabilia in Germany and new this morning, a Swiss businessman purchased many of the items, including Adolf Hitler's top hat. He said in order to keep them out of the hands of neo-Nazis, Abdullah Chetila said he will donate the items to a Jewish group. He said he paid more than $600,000 at the Munich auction last week.
0: I appreciate the gesture, but who cares if a neo-Nazi gets their hands on Hitler's top hat? It's not like the hat will magically turn them into a super-Nazi. All you get is a skinhead who looks like Mr. Peanut. And giving Hitler's hat to a Jewish group isn't going to do anything. They're just going to take turns shitting in it. Although, come to think of it, that sounds like a pretty good Hanukkah to me. We thought Hitler's hat could only hold one turd, but it held eight. What a mitzvah. And by the way, are we sure this is real? We've all seen pictures of Hitler, and he's never wearing a top hat. Personally, I think this was just a scam to get people to buy fake Hitler stuff. And that's the kind of scam I want to get in on. So hey, neo-Nazis, perhaps I could interest you in Hitler's ninja. That's right. That wasn't a mustache on Adolf's lip. That was residue from a delicious kale smoothie. Act now, and I'll even throw in Mussolini's fidget spinner. (laughs) Trevor? Lewis Black, everyone. We'll be right back.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guests tonight are award-winning actors who star as a prison warden and a death row inmate in the new film, Clemency. Please welcome Alfred Woodard and Eldis Hodge. First of all, congratulations on being part of a film that is being lauded by critics and fans alike as one of the best films that they've had the opportunity to see. Not Mm -hmm. everyone has had the chance to see it yet, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it is a really powerful story. We've seen stories about prisoners. We've seen stories about wardens. Very few tales have touched people in this way, because Clemency is a story where you play a warden who has the task of executing people who have been sentenced to death, And in this story, we see an interesting side of it, and that is the emotional toll it takes on the wardens as well as the prisoners. That's a powerful, different way to tell the story. What attracted you to being a
2: part of this film to tell that story? Um, I am a woman of a certain age. I'm in my sixth decade. I'm educated, (laughs) and... (laughs) I'm educated, and I've been an activist since I was a teenager. And I had never heard of this dilemma. I didn't know those people. I didn't know the the degree of PTSD that is suffered by people that are charged, that we charge Mm -hmm. with carrying out state-sponsored executions. And I figured if I didn't know, the vast majority of people didn't know. And that's the very reason you want to tell a story. It seems contrary
1: to what people would want to talk about, you know, because many times people go, let's talk about the prisoners who are you know, uh, sentenced to death, and mm-hmm. some of them wrongly executed. But people will be like, the execution itself is wrong. Right. It's rare to tell a story where you humanize the warden as well, who is part of a system. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful side of the story to tell. Why do you think that that was important?
3: Well, because when it comes to capital punishment, I believe as a society, we're to a degree pacified by the idea of murder under the guise of justice, right? We rarely take into account causality. We rarely take into account the effects of those who have to do this and dignify the people that they're doing it to. You know, as we see through the relationship between Bernardine and my character, Anthony Woods, who's on his way out, possibly he's actively trying to gain clemency. But we see that tumultuous relationship happen between the two of these people as they are trying to find dignity and real value in this situation. And uh, I think for us, It's great to know that side of things, because as a community, this is something we are all actively complicit in. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand our real responsibility when it comes to the idea of capital punishment. It's
1: interesting that you say that, especially the part about your characters building a connection. Mm -hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, it's still human beings on either end. You know, and we like to forget that, but they are human beings. And in many cases, you forget that there is a connection, a strange connection between wardens and prisoners where, Mm -hmm. in many ways, they're housed in the same jail. When telling the story, how important was it for you to try and humanize and also empathize with somebody that most of society wouldn't feel for, and that is somebody who is, you know, the head of a prison? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, you know any character that that i turn into a human being and stand up and i and i bring their voice forward they're all human beings no no matter what a person has done anything that any human being is capable of we're all capable of Mm -hmm. high and low and so as the actor you don't pass judgment uh you don't bring your opinions the way you talk the way you move Your job is to get yourself out of the way and find the way that that person looks out on the world. So it it is, I need to find that woman's reality. Nobody wakes up in the morning and say, you know, I'm going to be an asshole today. Everybody thinks, you know, know, I can fix this. I know how to make this run smoothly. And so your job is always to find the human being. Mm. It actually is a very intimate relationship between the person charged... First of all, you're going to be there 10 to 20 years yeah. exhausting uh, exhausting appeals. Uh-huh. So essentially, not only the warden, but the major and all the other people there, one day, they have to put their coworker to death. Because they're the only... Pe- they're on a row, isolated together for all that time. It's interesting
1: yeah. that you, you say it that way, because you know, studies have shown, and, and you, you, you really delve into that in the film, and it's shown in a beautiful way through yeah. the director's lens mm-hmm. that there's a PTSD that wardens actually suffer, especially the people who deal with death row specifically. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a weird thing for society to accept, but it's, it, it hurts not just the person who is executed and their family and people who know them, but it also actually hurts the person who is tasked with exactly. taking their life.
3: Exactly, I mean, look, Our writer, director, Chinoya Chukwu, she executed that brilliantly, because this is something we get to see from a a really nuanced perspective, an intimate perspective. Uh, Like you said, from a humane point of view, Mm -hmm. where you can actually see somebody have hopes and dreams and a want for something more, but they're stuck in this position and they have to do what they're charged with doing. Such is the case, again, with, you know, my character, Anthony, who is the prisoner and he's just seeking to be seen as a human being. Right. So, you know, at this point in the film, he's been in prison for about 15 years, so you get to peel back some of those years between the relationship between the warden and, my, you know, and Anthony, and it's really something that allows you as an audience member to think about things in a completely new way, and that's what I love about it. You come away with this film with new thought.
1: When you were playing the warden, I know you get into your characters. I know you, you, you inhabit a different world. What was the most surprising thing you discovered about the world of wardens, specifically women who are tossed with being wardens in American prisons?
2: Um, I met three wardens and mm. a deputy warden. They were all sisters, black women. Uh, it surprised me, first of all, that women would be wardens. I learned that they came to it from the mental health field. They come to it from social, social work. And it's always... A revelation and you live for revelations to be able to uh, s- s- see a side of an issue that you're on the absolute polar opposite of right and to be able to understand that person you may not agree but everybody's got everybody's got a role to play in life I mean that's what a society is mm-hmm. so to, to be able to understand you know what that's the person I want is my commander because they're not gonna blink. They're not gonna breach protocol because one stitch drop, the whole fabric might fall apart. Mm-hmm. So to be able to understand a woman that could say, no, you can't, you can't go to your mama's funeral. Now, what do you wanna eat? What do you wanna eat for your last meal? Wow. And to be able to understand that.
1: Did you mm-hmm. see any of the toll that it took on them as real human beings? Did
2: they share any of those stories with you? They, they did, and they did it just the way Bernadine talks. We get to, we have the luxury of emotion, especially us as artists uh-huh. and especially us as Americans. Americans always talk about how they feel. I feel, <laughs> how do you feel, everybody's like yeah. that. But uh, there is a place in America where people cannot show their feelings and they, they still experience them, but they have a completely different way of uh, showing compassion you the incarcerated can't cry can't yell and the incarcerators cannot cry and can't yell and i think it's important for us to bring that into the conversation when we're deciding how we feel about capital punishment yeah.
1: it's interesting because it always sounds like there are two people who are imprisoned in a strange way it's not just the prisoner but it's also the god yeah. and aldous in, in the story we see your character you know, not just trying to show their humanity, your humanity as mm. the as the character, but we also see you seeing the humanity of 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 you know the person who's keeping you in prison, and it's and it's their job. Right. You spent a lot of time in a prison cell for this. You know, you, you you're sitting there, and it, it, there's moments oh, where it's camera, yeah. but there's there's a lot of moments where you're just in a real jail cell, just just sitting there. Yeah. Is there a part of you that goes like, this, is, this makes me uncomfortable, this, this, this experience is a little too real as, a, as an idea, as a concept? Um, because a lot of people don't realize what a jail cell actually
3: is. Yeah, and given the past few roles, I've been in jail quite a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> very familiar. Uh, we actually shot in, in a real uh, jail. There was one time where the uh, cell closed and uh, the button didn't work to open it up. <laughs> So your boy was stuck for a little bit. It's cool, they, they got it open. Um, but you know, it makes you think differently. Uh, no, for me, oddly enough, with uh, my relationship with my craft, I choose to be a part of projects that I'm ambitious about when it comes to the potential for their uh, positivity. You know, right. so with this, The harder it got for the character, the more excited I got because I knew that the world was gonna be able to get a completely different view a perspective of what these real men and women go through on a daily basis. Right. So I was really, uh, it does hit you. It is polarizing to a degree, but at the same time, I say I'm doing my work and to a degree, hopefully I'm working in my purpose, which makes me quite proud to sit in those situations and have to feel it and go through it because that's the art I wanna give to people.
1: I think you've both done an amazing job. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for telling the story. We'll be in select here is December 27th. You make sure you go and watch it. on. on. will everybody.
0: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com.